and welcome to another very exciting Civilizations in Review. I am ecstatic to be here and chat with the incredible content of the Makuria Empire. So get ready to dive into our ancient Sudanese history. Thank you so much, Maeve Cassidy, our content writer extraordinaire who wrote this article. Um, and thank you so much to Sarah Erickson, another great content writer to help me interview. Um, thanks so much for tuning in tonight on our Facebook live stream. We're also going to be posting this to our YouTube, our website, our Spotify, and our Instagram. So you can engage with this content in every way possible. And most importantly, read the article. There's much more that we won't talk about tonight. Um, and so you can engage with the article directly at Alphusaic. That's alphusaic.net slash civilizations101 slash Macuria. I'm going to throw it to uh, Sarah to read the 101 word intro and we'll dive right in. But welcome all. Excited to jump into this. As am I. Um, so between 350 CE to 1560 CE, the Makuria Empire occupied what is now northern Sudan and southern Egypt. The timeline is unclear as Makuria likely evolved from the existing Nabatia Empire, but the transition was believed to be marked by the kingdom's shift to Christianity. Although there is a relative lack of information on the ancient Makurian civilization, the significance of a dominant Christian civilization during the period of regional transition to becoming a predominantly Islam should not be understated. Significantly, Makuria is often noted for their alliances, which crossed religious lines, leading to their reputation as a peaceful civilization. Fascinating. Uh, clearly religious importance is big in this empire, but before we get to that point, which I'm excited to talk about, um, Maeve, tell us all about why did you choose Makuria? What interests you in this ancient empire? Yeah, so I chose Makuria. I had not heard of it before. Um, I was looking through and seeing that, you know, different empires that still have yet to be written, so everyone should check those out too, because it's very exciting to learn about them. Um, and then what struck me about Makuria was its religious importance and the significance of a Christian civilization that had cross-religious alliances um, and was like noted for being incredibly peaceful. So I study religious conflict at university and yeah, so I just wanted to learn more about the history of religion, religiosity in the MENA region. And I felt like Makuria was gonna give me the best chance to really dive into that. Yeah, it's so fun to like see a peaceful civilization. I know mine uh, was pretty marked by conflict the entire time. How are they, like, was there anything specific do you want to kind of talk a little bit about some of their allies? Um, was there an aspect of trade to it maybe? Yeah, so trade was a big portion of Makuria's alliances and why they were so peaceful. So they were known for um, their slave trade. So when I say they were peaceful, that's probably, I guess it depends on the viewpoint that you're looking at it. They traded a lot of enslaved people to their neighbors along with like cattle and ivory. Um, so that made them kind of essential to the success of their neighbors. So nobody really dared to, to touch them um, just because labor was such an important part in all neighboring civilizations. So they were heavily, heavily reliant on, on enslaved people. Fascinating. And I mean, there's a caveat with peace looking at in the 21st century back, you know, hundreds and thousands of years, thousands of years ago. So peace is very relative in that sense. But, you know, the fact that they're not actively fighting um, is interesting here. Uh, and that 
through their trade and their like preponderance of land. I mean, they were most of modern Sudan really um, is, is a fascinating component. I mean, we will jump into the religious piece. I think that interests all three of us immensely. And, and I'm really excited to dive into that. But I want to talk more of like the structure, the land, how they, you know, they came from the other ancient Nubian, the kingdom of Kush for sure, empires before them. So if you can sort of walk us through sort of how they got to their 350 AD beginning before they, you know, converted and everything else, that would be really helpful too. Yeah, of course. So it's thought to the Notabia, Nobatia Empire, which predated Makuria, was like a very nomadic culture. So it was a bunch of different, um, like small populations of people who just kind of agreed to work together. Um, however, once they found that they all had a shared economic interest and like a vested interest in farming and using this land, they actually uh, began like using the water wheel. So they became very advanced in like irrigation tactics, which created like a thriving agricultural community and allowed it, allowed these like nomadic people to kind of like come together under um, the kind of understanding that the economy would thrive when they were working for the same goal. Um, I was kind of a little bit like kind of on that same topic. Um, were they, did they always kind of stay a similar size empire or did they have like a lot of expansion or kind of what were their border situations like? Yeah, so it's relatively unclear at the inception um, just because it did evolve from such a nomadic community. So it, there are some scholars who believe that like they just kind of kept bringing in people who were on the borders of the uh, land that they had already like incorporated. Um, however, when after at their downfall, they first lost the portion of their um, land that is now in Egypt. And then from there, um, the rest of it was conquered. So it did shrink towards the end. Um, but I, it's, it's just super unclear because of the structure of the like social civilization. Yeah, it's so interesting. I like, I, I don't know, it's kind of fun to hear that they just kind of brought in the nomadic people into their civilization. I feel like that's something that we rarely get to hear. Um, and it's just like surprisingly peaceful amongst everything else. Um, what kind of, I guess this is a little bit changing the topic, if there's, that's all right. What, yeah, I know in one of those sections you mentioned pottery and like other ancient art. Would you like talk a little bit about like what like day-to-day -day living was like there? Yeah, so the, the main like long-standing accomplishments that can still be seen from the Makurian Empire are like architecture, pottery, and their cultural artifacts that you know, still exists today. Um, and so it seems as though the, the assumption, the theory, I guess, is that the churches were kind of like the central hub for meeting each other. So it was like, it's thought that people would attend church relatively frequently and that the leaders of those churches were also the governmental rulers. So like church was where people would meet if they had like economic concerns, land disputes, or wanted to come together in a religious setting. Um, their pottery is like particularly noted because it has a very clear influence from the um, 
Byzantine Empire as well, which is very interesting for that region. So it was like heavily influenced by the Byzantine and the Romans. So like they were using techniques and styles of art and their pottery um, that nowhere else in the MENA region at that time was um, experimenting with. So it kind of shows again, like they were, yes, they were peaceful, but they were also very connected to the to the community around them, like outside of just of just MENA as well. I think it's fascinating too, because when I think of McCurry, I think C, like BCE, and that's just incorrect. They have always been CE, especially because of that shift to Christianity. And so I think it's interesting that they're friends with the Romans and Byzantines who do have that more ancient history. I mean, this is still, you know, 2000 years ago, but still it, it's, it's fascinating that parallel that you're mentioning of they were peaceful, yes, but then connected with the bigger empires that day and still kept their land in Sudan, Sudan, Egypt. That's just a really fascinating sort of component here. Most of these empires on Civilizations 101 are, are violent beginnings, violent middle, and violent endings, um, and not nearly as much, uh, I mean, I guess global or maybe regional cooperation that the Mercurians clearly thrived on. That's just such a fascinating, I mean, I, I know you hit on the, the church structure, and, and we're getting to the religious part, I, I promise you, listener, because um, that's so fascinating, but like, I don't know, to me, before we get to that, you know, community dynamic, religious aspect, and maybe that is why they stayed so peaceful because of how central religion was to their community. I just find it so fascinating because so many of these other empires, you know, some of them weren't completely violent, but either ended or started that way. And it there really doesn't seem to be any uh, big battle or war or skirmish that has marked any period of the Mercurians. Is that right? Um, I would, I mean, the downfall of Mercuria was relatively violent. They were okay. taken over by the Ayyubid dynasty. I'm unsure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and that, that was like a violent, like end to the civilization. Um, however, in my research, I didn't find anything talking about Mercuria engaging in or, um, initiating violent conflict. Um, which is which is very interesting, just like like you were saying, because of the size that they had, and it there is some scholarly debate to the extent to which their connection to the Byzantines and the Romans played in that, just because those were such dominant civilizations during that time period. Um, so, like, there's some thought that because they were allied with these like massive world powers, they were untouchable. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty unclear because the land that they had was definitely sought after for like agricultural re uh, reasons, as well as, um, you know, just gaining land masses, gaining power to an extent. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting situation. And that's like one of the biggest question marks that scholars still have about Macaria is like, why, why were they peaceful? Like with the size of it, Another question is why didn't they try to gain more land? Um, kind of on the flip of that, but they seemed they seemed to be happy with what they had relatively. Um, they were also like a relatively like charitable um, civilization. They would offer their um, like support and resources to other civilizations regardless of their religious affiliations. Um, when they were asking for some assistance. So yeah, they seem to have very strong relationships with most of the surrounding civilizations. 
yeah it's very interesting it's so interesting like the charity aspect of it I feel like we I mean honestly that's actually one thing that's kind of surprised me about a lot of the civilizations while a lot of them have not been charitable to people outside their own state I feel like I've always been really kind of like pleasantly surprised to hear about like even like in yours you talked about like how they like prevented famine and just like how regularly it's like looking at like civilizations all of these places and the governments like regardless of how small of like created stores to prevent and protect their citizens it's just it's been such a fun thing I guess to learn and something I didn't really expect at all and it was even cooler to hear that they had charity to this other states around them um was there I guess outside of like the um the slave trade and the charity was there other big interactions with the people around them or was it really just kind of limited to that and then they kind of focused their attention more inward it seems as though it was relatively limited i mean the only evidence that they have of like cross-cultural collaboration is uh trading and like cultural artifacts that reflect the um the style of another of another civilization that wasn't nearby um so it's, it's relatively unclear the extent that they their relationships um, extended. However, the I I would posit that given the uh, frequency of trade and given the like interdependent reliance that trade kind of caused between Makuria and other civilizations, they did have to have some sort of like working relationship, and that was another big thing that I was really interested. Um, with in regards to Makuria is they seem to have like a respect and appreciation for the cultures that they were trading with and engaging with because the different styles of art and the different um, like technological advancements are all reflected in Makuria. Like it, they took what they could learn from their neighbors and like really put it to work. So I would venture to guess that that is evident of like some sort of more extensive communication. That's so fun to hear. Yeah, we just jinx each other. I mean, that's just so incredibly different, really, from from so many of these other empires. I mean, yeah, they have trading. Yes, they probably all ended violently or or of some other kind. But I don't know, this sort of like absorption of knowledge and like contentness, if that's the right word, of just staying in their same space and staying community organizing. I mean, obviously, there's undeniably conflicts and other things, but it's just the general theme of this empire is, is so unique um and i mean especially you know mirroring that to modern sudanese life to have this thousand-esque year old christian empire in now modern sudan is just a really fascinating you know impact on community dy dynamics and cultural identity and thank you again for writing about this this is so so fascinating really for the um cultural ties uh, that they, and I mean, maybe, yeah, as you might've said, their alliances with the Romans and Byzantine or at least art, art and technological sharing with them, regardless of how far their alliance went, maybe is one of the many reasons that they sort of stuck where they were, who, who knows? But um, uh, I don't know, I, I, there's so many questions here and I know we can't answer them because there's so much unknown and not as much record keeping, but just fascinating nonetheless. Um, I want to shift gears now to the religious component because that is so crucial to this empire and, and I think what makes them so immensely unique. Um, 
I guess the first question is sort of what inspired the conversion is that you know the initial roman outpost in northern sudan and egypt that i mean i don't know unless you do as well but um they clearly adopted and ran with it so i'm curious what uh was that spark that got them yeah connected. yeah so it's it's uh it's again it's one of those things where it's it's just like very unclear where it came from especially given um the religious identities of the geographically close um, civilizations that existed at the same time. However, it is thought that the transition to Christianity happened in 7 AD. Um, so I, and again, like there's some scholarly debate on exactly like how much you can say actually happened, but it's theorized that it was the Roman shift to Christianity that really like pushed Mercuria to make that transition. Um, because it was, it became, it became like a huge part of everything for them. Like when, when it comes to their governmental system and their architecture and the ways, like just the ways that these nomadic communities were centered around one common thing, that common thing became the church. So it's theorized that it was the shift in Rome that caused that transition. But again, it's one of those things that like, we'll never have any like concrete or oh, maybe we will, but we probably won't ever have like that concrete. This is when it happened and this is why. I have kind of a little bit of a specific question. It's relating to religion. Was there anything sort of like, what were the architectural styles of the churches? I know you said that like there are big meeting like places um, and I'm like thinking about like back to like the Kasbah and like Islamic societies where like the mosque would be situated in like the center of the city. Was it a similar layout or was there any sort of like physical situation around the church? Yeah, so the dynasty that conquered Makuria were relatively violent and relatively destructive of Makurian things, but one of the, like one of the only things that remains to this day from it are the churches because they were constructed with like so much care and attention to detail um, that they just held so much value even for the dynasty that followed. Um, so the theory again, it's kind of hard to tell just because of how much was destroyed um, but the theory is that just because of the placement of the churches, like churches were typically um, placed in areas where either there were like hillsides around them. So like at like the base of like valleys um, or on like the top of hills with like <laughs> different um, open spaces surrounding it. So that's, that's the theory is that um, because as I previously stated, the church also represented like governmental buildings. So it's thought that everything else was built around the churches so that everybody had like equal access to this thing in the center. Um, and again, these were nomadic communities. So things were pretty spread out. And then those churches became like the meeting places is the thought. And this, as for the style of the churches, it's very interesting. They were built in like dome-like structures, I believe, um, or if that's what, they think these dome-like structures were churches um, because they had like ancient um, some like relics of um, like the crucifixion 
and mosses and everything in there, which is very interesting. But yeah, it, um, they were these like dome-like structures that were usually two to three stories high. Um, so it was pretty advanced architecture as well. Yeah. It's so fun to hear like so many of the similarities between like Islam and Christianity at the time. Like it seems like fairly interchangeable in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think Macuria is- Keep going, yeah, keep going. That's just a great point. Um, their, their relationship with their neighbors and the, again, like the respect that they had for even just taking in like cultural and technological advancements, I think is like very, it's pretty concrete evidence of the fact that there was a mutual respect and mutual understanding between um, the different civilizations that existed that, hey, we might not believe exactly the same thing, but we can still exist peacefully with each other. And like, we can still have this cross-cultural exchange of ideas so that we all become stronger and we all become better. Yeah, I guess kind of varying a little, I guess this is kind of on the same topic. Um, I know this is something, I guess I'm speaking from my own article a little bit, a lot of, because. I, mine was a little bit older than yours and also different area a little bit, but whatever. One of the things that we found was like really ornate scriptures and carvings on the old churches. And like, that's been one of the biggest preservations of art. Was that like a similar or not at all? Were they kind of, because I know you mentioned that they had some of the relics. I was wondering if there was kind of their own additions. Yeah, so there are like paintings and some relief sculptures on the inside of churches is, is my understanding. Um, and they also like, they were very like in the interior is known for the most famous one has like granite columns that go like 17 feet high. Um, and I believe that it's that same church that has like very ornate paintings that have like lasted throughout time, like kind of covering the walls. And they, those paintings depict like different scenes from the Bible, which is also also very interesting. But um, those are considered the kind of like peak of Mercurian art inside that church. Um, and they're considered incredibly representative of, I guess like the, cultural climax of the civilization. I mean, that, that is such an incredible emphasis. Um, and I'm so happy we're, we're chatting about just the artistic reverence, literally religiously, but also artistically that made this community so, so special. Um, I mean, that was one of the only things I knew about them was this ancient artwork. I didn't really realize at the time it was Christian, meaning it's not that ancient necessarily, but still so such a, um, important connection to the community that they really stay. I mean, they didn't, I mean, I know they expanded a little bit, but not conquesting, not nearly as much. And so they really focused on the internal community dynamics here with this Christian background and connection to the Romans and the Byzantines, but living in modern Sudan. I mean, I mean, just all of those pieces together is such a, such a wonderfully unique and beautiful story. And um, I really appreciate you again, Maeve, for, for writing it showcasing it and, you know, helping to add to the global awareness of this really important influential period of North African history. Um, the, yeah, this, it's, it's interesting because many of the, you know, Muslim empires of the region are all just different sects or 
the son of the empire who broke away and made his own empire kind of fascinating but like that is easily half of all these civilizations that we have have that sort of vibe to them this one i don't think has a, a similar uh parallel really at all and and that makes it so much more fascinating to talk about uh and just yeah interesting dynamics here for sure i want to sort of throw it to you maybe to in a way wrap up and again i know there's so much more to talk about we have the article go read it everyone um but you know either in this community dynamic christian space or just other interesting components of mercuria um that you'd like to share with us um yeah i mean i think one of the things that was most interesting to me is one of their key alliances with a neighboring civilization um, really was formed because Mercuria offered to send them support and food to prevent like a, essentially a humanitarian crisis when that civilization was threatened by another. Um, and the civilization that was at risk as well as the civilization that was putting it at risk were both Islamic. Um, so I think it's really interesting because that conflict is thought to be religious in nature. And it's very interesting that like Mercuria kind of stepped in in like almost a humanitarian fashion and was like, we don't want people to be suffering. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's a beautiful culture to read about. It is a very, very interesting time period and kind of marks a very key transitional period for that region as well I believe so I hope everybody reads about it I like it <laughs> we so appreciate it um yeah that's such a that's a nice place to end um and and again it's uh the fact that we know about that specific issue or or humanitarian aspect of their empire is uh really really I'm glad we have that nugget at least of, of, of information. That's that's what a what a cool piece to end on. Mm -hmm. uh, any any final questions from you, Sarah, that you want to throw to Maeve's way about the Mercurian Empire? I have a really quick short one actually. And this okay. is specific only because I wrote an article about it. Did you find anything about knitting? Because it was really like the Coptic Christians were like the originators of it. And I was kind of curious if it went south enough. Um, I did not see anything about knitting, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. <laughs> no, thank you. I was kind of curious. <laughs> because thank we you for indulging. They were knitting. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, side note: everyone, check out that article, "The History of Knitting," which Sarah has written separately, which originated largely in North Africa. Um, thank you for bringing that in. I mean, maybe they have some some leftover socks or something. Who knows? <laughs> um, anyways. Thank you again, Maeve, for, for taking on the challenge to write about this empire, speaking about it so engagingly. Um, please go read the rest of the details. There's so many more pieces here. And of course, all the hyperlinks and the research that Maeve organized to put Mercuria 101 together. Um, please go check it out, alfusaic.net. That's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C.net. Thanks so much. Have a great evening. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you.